This is Ignite. Good afternoon, church. How are we all doing? Yep. My name is James, um, and today I have the privilege of, you know, bringing God's word um, um, to you. Um, the last two weeks, it's been amazing. You know, Pastor Corinne. Yes, yes, come on. That's exactly how I feel, right? She's been a tremendous blessing to us, right? Teaching us, exploring the topic, an excellent spirit. And I'm just going to go and like, do a recap, right, of what we have been learning. Um, she defined an excellent spirit as, you know, having a taste for high quality, high standard. Now, when you talk about excellence, excellence means to stand out from among the rest, you know, to be superior in quality and to be preeminent, right? Um, she said excellence is attractive. Excellence is observable. People are willing to pay to interface with excellence. And she taught us that God is excellence and God is excellent. His name is excellent. His power is excellent. And his spirit is excellent. And God's desire for you and I as his children is for us to display the same excellence that is in God for us to display it in our lives. We have been chosen by God to proclaim his excellence in our thoughts, in our actions, and in our words. God desires that for us because mediocrity does not bring glory to God. I remember she mentioned, you know, when you are doing something, operating in an area um, as an unbeliever, and your result is the same thing. It doesn't bring glory to God. God feels like, you know, it's like you're sharing God's glory. And God doesn't want that. And she said, when we are successful, right, excellence leads to success, leads to promotion. And when we are successful, it brings glory to God. It blesses humanity. Romans 8.19, um, TPT translation, um, was the scripture. And she walked us through hindrances, you know, things that prevent people from operating in the spirit of excellence. The first one was unbelief. The second one was mental barrier, like wrong belief, wrong mindset, thoughts in our minds that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. And the third thing was the forces of the kingdom of darkness, which prevents us from making progress. And she said, it takes more than talent to be excellent. And last week, she showed us, you know, you know the solution to living above average. Does anyone remember? Yeah? And what was the solution? Treasure in earthen vessels. Yes, that is exactly it. And, you know, she established through a series of scripture, right? You know, treasure is the word of God. Treasure is the word of God. And the word of God in our heart, our heart is the earthen, earthen vessel where we should abort, we should treasure, we should keep the word of God. And that is what helps us to succeed. You know, she said, the bridge between where you are now and where you want to be, Right? It's the word of God. If you can find a word for it, it is settled. And, you know, she you know, walked us through how does treasure in ethnic vessel manifest. The first one is creative wisdom, right? There is nothing common about common sense, right? You remember that? There is nothing common about common sense. God is the sole custodian. I love this one. God is the sole custodian of creative wisdom. Creative wisdom is creating something out of nothing. 
And only God has that power. And we can tap into that power because we are his children. It says, creative wisdom enables you to do unprecedented things. The word of God is able to create something out of nothing. And creative wisdom helps you to build. It helps you to build something that is long-lasting. And the second, um, you know, um, way that treasure in Ethan versus manifest is the resurrection power. The resurrection power is the highest level of power there is. Um, it is the reason why you and I can stand here and, you know, boldly proclaim that we are Christians, right? Because Christ came, died for us, and on the third day he rose again. Jesus Christ is not dead. He's living. He's seated in the right hand of God in heaven. And the third um, way that, you know, uh, treasure in Ethan verse manifests is joy, right? And, you know, she said, joy is the supernatural strength that keeps you going in the midst of hardship. It doesn't look like it, but you know how it's going to end. You have that joy. It is not dependent on what is happening around you. It's not dependent on the situation or what you're passing through. Because you know that you will experience triumph. You know it will only end in one way, which is in your favor. I pray that will be your testimony in the name of Jesus. And, you know, she talked, um, showed us how do we obtain the spirit of excellence. Does anyone remember? All right? Obtain and maintain, right? Obtain and maintain. Um, to obtain the spirit of excellence, we must be born again. This is only reserved for God's children. God does not have grandchildren, right? So you cannot assume um, salvation. You can't say my parents are born again and, you know, just, yeah. God doesn't have grandchildren, so you have to make that decision yourself. And then to maintain it, you have to cherish and acknowledge the word of God. You know, you have to obey the word of God. Um, God knows the best pathway for your life. He created a plan for your life before you were born, and you have to be willing to obey and follow him. And she said, our obedience must be immediate and complete. Right? Remember? You know, when you study your Bible, when you do your devotion, whatsoever you learn from there, she encouraged us to apply it immediately. And finally, she said, we are too good to fail. Right? Because we are carrying God on the inside of us. Right? So, again, the Bible says, those that labor in the world and teach the word, those that labor in the world and teach the word, they are deserving of double honor. Ignite Church, let's appreciate Pastor Corinne again. Come on. Yes, God bless you. So today we're going to continue um, still exploring, you know, the topic, an excellent spirit. Um, this is part three. And our anchor text is Daniel chapter six, verse three. I'm reading the New King James Version. It says, then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governor and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him above the old realm. Now, I want you, um, you know, open your Bibles and, you know, follow me with this, right? So, it says, Daniel distinguished himself. I want you to note that, right? And it says, because an excellent spirit was in him. So, the excellent spirit did not distinguish Daniel. Daniel had a part to play, right? The standing out, right? The, he took the steps. He was diligent. 
He had a part to play in standing out, but the excellent spirit empowered him to do that. You know, Daniel was trustworthy, right? The Bible recorded that he retained his position through four regime changes, right, in the government, right? Um, he operated at the highest level of his career. Um, um, a version of the Bible, I think it's a TLB, you know, said Daniel proved that he could do better than all the other supervisors, um, his peers, his colleagues that he was working with. And as a result of that promotion, right, the king gave thought to set him above the Orem. The responsibility of distinguishing ourselves, you know, lies with us. We have a part to play, but it will be impossible without an excellent spirit. Now, you know, an excellent spirit, um, as we see in, the, in this verse of scripture, is only in the book of Daniel, but the principle, the concept, you can see it you know, everywhere in the Bible, right? You can see it in the story of um, Joseph, right? Joseph was excellent. He was diligent. Even though his brother sold him as a slave in the land of Egypt, the Bible recorded that he did everything with excellence. He did ordinary things um, in an extraordinary way, so much so that it was in Potiphar's house, and Potiphar set him over everything he had. And we can see because of that attitude, because of that, you know, uh, um, um, diligence and commitment and striving to be the best, he ended up in the palace. Same thing with David. David also had an excellent spirit. You know, his father gave him, you know, a few sheep just to look after and all, all that. Um, wasn't really that big of a deal, but he took it very seriously. The Bible recorded that a lion came, took one of the sheep he was looking after, and David went after the lion. Now, listen, no matter how um, strict the father is, um, nobody would have expected Daniel to do anything in that kind of situation. If you ran home and said, oh, this is what happened, right? We just got attacked by a lion and you took one. The father would have said, whoa, thank you so much. You're alive. I think it's just one. And you're my son. You're well. But Daniel, um, David decided it was not going to happen on his watch. He went the extra mile to make sure that nothing in his care, even though it wasn't his, it wasn't lost. He did it like he was serving God. And you can see, you know, you know the story of um, David. That took him from just a little shepherd boy caring and tending for those sheep to become the king of Israel. So, before we proceed, let's just set to like a few things, right? And the first thing is life is about choices, not chances. Life is about choices, not chances. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, the Good News Translation. It says, I am now giving you the choice between life and death, between God's blessing and God's curse. And I call heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Choose life. Excellence is never by accident, right? So, you know, our destinies are not just decided by the will of God. God doesn't force you know, his plan on anybody. You know, no matter how great the plan of God for a person's life is, you can choose to opt out of it, right? That is one thing God has given man at creation is the power to choose. We have the power 
to make our own decision. So let's argue from like, you know, something of, you know, the greatest consequence to, you know, something more, right? Um, the salvation of your soul is the most important thing in life. Um, do we agree? Right? The Bible says, you know, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and, you know, he loses his soul? Now, God paid the ultimate sacrifice. He sent his son Jesus to die for you and I. Right? On the cross. You know, he made him who had no sin to become sin for us so that we may become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So that is done. It's settled. Jesus Christ has died for everybody. Right? Jesus Christ has died. So whoever, you know, comes, you know, today, um, comes to Christ, say the sinner's prayer, Jesus is not going back to die again. It's done. It's settled. However, you and I have a decision to make if you want to accept the sacrifice or not. So you would imagine, right, like, you know, God is so loving, you know, um, he has given his son. Um, he doesn't want anybody to perish, right? Um, so why not just, you know, make everybody Christians? Right? After all, God is all-powerful. No, he has chosen. We have the power to make our own decisions. And God is not going to override that. So, you know, sometimes you know, people say, you know, funny things like, oh, hell is not real. Um, God is a loving father. There's no way he created somewhere like that. Listen, heaven is real. Hell is a real location. Right? You're right. You know, when they say, you know, God is love. Yes, God is love. And God did not create hell for human beings. Um, if you check Matthew 25, 41, it tells, it tells us that hell was created for the devil and his angels. Right? But anybody that ends up there today, you know, anybody that dies and goes to hell, it's not because God sent them there. It's because of the consequence of their decisions. They chose not to accept Jesus. They made their choice. And that is the consequence because we make our own choices, but we don't choose the consequence of our choice. So same thing, you know, on this side of eternity, right? How you end up in life is as a consequence of the decisions you make. You know, the choices you make every day will determine where you end up in destiny. Your life is a, is a sum total of all the decisions that you have made. And you might be here thinking, um, James, really, like, I don't agree with that because, you know, some of the reason why I'm here, like, you know, it's because of decisions my parents made or my guardians made or I didn't choose to be born in the country I was born in and, and all of that. Yes, yes, that, that may be true. That may be true that some decisions were made for you. However, how your life turns out, like your future, right, is in your hands. You have a say in how your life turns out. I read of a story of um, two brothers. Um, they had um, an abusive father, uh, um, was always was a drunk, a drunkard, always drinking, always beating them up, right? And they both grew up. One grew up to be exactly like his father. As a drunkard, drinking, you know, abusing people up and down. And the other one turned out to be a very responsible, successful man. And they asked both of them the same question, right? Like how, like what, what, what got you to where you are today? Why did you make the decision? What influenced your life, you know, that made you turn out the same way you turned out? The person, the, the, the brother, you know, who followed in the exact footstep of the, of the father said, that this is all my father did. My father is responsible. I did not know any better. I didn't see any better. 
right? I turned out this way because of my father, because this is what I saw him do every day. And the person that turned out, the brother that turned out successful said, I am successful because of my father as well. Because I saw the way he lived I, and I decided I'm going to be better than that. So, same situation, different choices. So, you have a choice. You always have a choice. Um, when we talk about Daniel, like, it's easy to say you know, he had an excellent spirit. You know, he was very diligent. He was trustworthy. He was faithful. He showed up on time. Uh, he was dependable and all of that. Because you know, he did all of that in spite and, you know, despite and in spite of his situation. Because Daniel was taken from his own country and was in exile in Babylon. So he could have just said, yeah, um, you know, uh, this is not my country. Um, I, was, I was taken away from my parents, from my people. Like, you know, I just, you know, I, I don't hold these people anything. But no, he made the choice that that was not going to define who he would turn out to be in destiny. The second thing is, if you believe in luck, you have automatically opted out of being a candidate for the spirit of excellence, right? So anytime you see somebody doing something extraordinary, something exceptional, and you look at them and say, oh, yeah, it's just luck. They're just lucky, right? You know, they're doing that because, yeah, you know, they came to Canada like five years before I did, or they graduated like two years before I did, or, oh, they, they got into that business analysis like when he was still, you know, he was still fresh, right? So that's why when you explain it away that they're just lucky, then you've opted out of, you know, enjoying that spirit of excellence. Because what you're really saying is God is running a lottery system, right? And if God is running a lottery system, like, we don't have control over that, right? Right? That's, that's, that's a mindset for failures, right? Like, yeah, it's not in my control. It's not my fault. I'm like this because, you know, it's God's fault. But we know that that is not the case, right? Because Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans of good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. God is telling you, he has plans for you. There is nobody here under the authority of my voice or watching me online. You are not a mistake here on earth. Every detail of your life was thoughtfully planned out by God before you got here. Right? So God has great plans. The plans he has for you is to do great things. Each and every one of us individually, the plan of God for you is to do great things. So, you know, when you, when you find somebody operating in the spirit of excellence, you know, they're at the top of their career or whatever it is they're doing, is because they have found a principle of God that they are following and adhering to and is producing results in their life. It is never by luck. They have chosen to be active participants to bring about the realization of God's plan in their life. Because again, God is not going to force his plan on anybody. You know, church folks, another um, word that we have coined, you know, when we don't say luck, right? We, we say, oh yeah, um, it's grace. You know, he's doing what he's doing because it's just the grace of God. And what we're just trying to say is the person didn't do anything to deserve it. He just stumbled into it. It's the grace of God. That is another lie from the devil. All right? So, let's look at Philippians 4.13. If you can put it on the screen for me, please. Thank you. Um, the TRB. Paul is saying, 
I can do everything God asks me to do with the help of Christ, who gives me the strength and power. I can do everything God asks me to do. I, doing it, right? But the strength and power is coming from God. So God is not the one doing the work, but God is the one empowering Paul to do the work. God is the one giving him the grace to do the work. The strength and the empowerment is from God, but the doing is our responsibility. So, great example. Um, Samuel was just up here, right? Samuel was up here. Amazing singer, right? Great voice. You know, the voice that he has, uh, is it safe to say that, you know, God gave it to him and he didn't, he didn't really do anything to get it? It's not a true question. Yes, yes, yes. The answer is yes, right? Um, and Sam, if you paid for it, let me know, please. Uh, just, I, I, I need it. Anyways, so, yes, God gave him the gift, right? God gave him the gift. But guarantee, he has spent hours and hours and hours refining that gift, right? Developing his technique, you know, there's breath control, there is no voice training and all of that. For him to be, to be able to stand there and sing at that level, it's not by chance. It's not just by grace. It's not just by the gift of God. Right? The gift of God upon his life has allowed him to be able to refine and do things in an extraordinary way. He has invested. The voice is God's investment in him, but the hours he has put into training and refining his skills is his own investment in himself. Right? So, if he has a voice like mine, right, that I can't hold a key to save my life, I can put all the hours in, but the voice is not there. Right? So that's hard work without grace, right? You know, it's, it's not going to produce anything. But if he has the voice as well and he's doing nothing with it, right, um, eating all sorts, not looking after his voice, he's not going to be able to sing at this level either. So someone like me, who I don't have the gift of singing, I can't look at Sam and say, hey, yeah, it's, it's just the grace of God. And someone's looking at me like, why, 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 how do you know you don't have the gift of singing? I know I don't have the gift of singing. You know, my wife reminds me every day that I don't have this gift of singing. You know, sometimes I get carried away, like, and I'm listening to, 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 to music in the car or at home, and I'm just like, I'm feeling it. I'm following the song, and in my mind, I'm in this sold-out concert, having a duet with C.C. Winers, right? You know, everything is going well. And then I just hear, James, is everything okay? <laughs> like, um, yeah. So I, I know, I know. Like, that's not, that's not my area of gifting, right? So I can't look at him and just say, it's God's grace. That would be an incomplete and inaccurate statement, right? So... When we engage grace, it empowers us to produce extraordinary results in the area of our gifting and in the things that God has called us to do. If you look at that scripture again, it says, I can do everything God asks me to do. I think it's the Amplified said, put it that I can do everything God has called me into. Right? And God is not selective with grace. We all have grace, each and every one of us. God has blessed us with one form of gift or another. Um, let's look at 
John chapter 1, verse 16. Amplify Bible, please. It says, For out of his fullness, the superabundance of his grace and truth, we all have received grace upon grace, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, favor upon favor, and gift heaped upon gift. Sorry, how many people have received grace upon grace? All. Yeah, it says all. Every one of us have received grace upon grace. So we're not all called to do the same thing in destiny, right? We're not all called, you know, into the same. We don't all have the same gift, but we can all operate in the spirit of excellence. If you're seeing somebody operating at that level, is because they are investing in the gift of God upon their life. The grace of God upon their life is not in vain. Because Paul tells us that the grace of God can be in vain. 1 Corinthians 15.10. It says, but God's amazing grace has made me who I am. And his grace to me was not fruitless. The grace of God upon a person's life can be fruitless. It says, in fact, I worked harder than all the rest. Yet, not in my own strength. But God's, for his empowering grace, is poured out upon me. Right? So, he worked hard more than everybody else, but was able to do that because of the grace of God. The question is, what are you doing with the grace of God upon your life? What are you doing with the blessings and the giftings of God upon your life? Are you leveraging it to do extraordinary things? Or are you frustrating the grace of God, making it fruitless? I pray that the grace of God upon your life will not be in vain in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, what is God's plan for his children? You know, the church... You know, we are the church. We are God's children. Um, the first plan of God is for his children to be the head and not the tail. Um, Deuteronomy 28, 13, um, Amplified, it says, The Lord will make you head, neither, and not the tail. Follow up. And you will be above only and not beneath. If you listen and pay attention to the commandments of the Lord God, which I am commanding you today, to observe them carefully. God's plan is for you to be the very best in anything you lay your hands on. In the field of your endeavor, the plan of God is for you to be the best. Right? People doing the same thing you're doing again should not be able to produce the same level of results for the simple reason that they are only operating in the three-dimensional world. But you have access. You have access to creative wisdom. You have access to God's revelation power. The testimony of other people should be, you know, we're putting in as, as much work. We're working as hard as you, but we're not seeing the same result. And then you can lead them to Christ and tell them, like, you know, there is a better way. There is a solution outside of this, you know, um, physical realm. God's plan for you is to be above only and not beneath. You should be the leader. You know, uh, um, uh, in, in the people God was talking to, they, they understood, right? You know, um, the, the, the tail is always following where the head is going. So if the head, whatever direction the head goes, the tail follows. So as Christians, as children of God, we should be the leader. We should be the top 1% of the 1% in our field of endeavor. That will be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, number two, the plan of God. Um, for the church and his children is for the church to be set upon a hill. Matthew 5, from 14 to 16, amplified as well. It says, you are the light of Christ to the world. A city set on a hill cannot be eaten. 15, 
nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all those who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they might see your good deeds and moral excellence. Recognize and honor and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Now, being the light of the world means we have to reflect the character and the nature of Jesus, who is true light. Remember, two weeks ago we learned that God's spirit is excellent. We are God's representative here on earth, so we cannot afford to live a life of mediocrity. Right? Jesus is excellent, so the expectation for you and I is for us to imitate and strive to operate in the same level of excellence. In everything we do, you know, we have to work in diligence, creativity, using our talents and abilities to the fullest potential. And the result of that is, you know, what? You know, what does it mean to be a city set upon the hill? You know, the church will become the standard. You and I will become the standard. Now, imagine this room is dark, right? Like all the lights are out. Pitch black. Whoever has a flashlight, either on their phone, if there's only one flashlight, whoever has it becomes the leader. It doesn't matter if I like the person or not. If I want a way out of it, I have to follow them. Right? So that is what it means, you know, when we shine our light, we light, let our light shine, we're operating in the spirit of excellence, we become a city that is set upon the ear. We become the standard for the world to follow. When the world is confused, they come to us, they come to the church, the children of God, to seek solution because we have access to revelation knowledge, right? Ephesians 3.10 says, so now the church, the, uh, so now through the church, the multifaceted wisdom of, wisdom of God in all its countless aspects, the multifaceted wisdom, the variety of the wisdom of God is to be displayed through the church. So the church should be the solution provider. We should not be going to the world for solution. The world should be coming to the church. So you should not, you don't have to compromise your values. You don't, the solution, the answer to whatsoever it is you're going through in life, whatever you want, whatever it is your heart's desire that God has put in your heart, guarantee, let me assure you, the solution is not outside of Christ. It is in Christ. And then finally, for his people to have good success in whatever they do. Right? Um, Joshua 1.8 says, you know, this book of the Lord will not depart out of your mouth, but you will meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, you will make your way prosperous. You will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Psalm 1 from verse 2 to 3 also says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law, his precepts and teachings, he arbitrarily meditates day and night, and he will be like a tree firmly planted and fed by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in its seasons. Its leaves does not wither. That means it remains ever relevant. And in whatever it does, it prospers and comes to maturity. So God's plan for us is to have good success in whatever we do. So what are the characteristics? Characteristics of the spirit of excellence. 
characteristics of the spirit of excellence. And the first one is clarity of vision. Clarity of vision. When we operate in clarity of vision, it accelerates us faster towards the plan and purpose of God for our lives. So if you're driving, think of it, if you're driving and it's foggy, right, there's fog, it takes you a longer time to get from point A to point B, right? You have to slow down. You have to drive according to the conditions. But if the weather is clear, you know, you're able to go, like, you know, faster, right? You achieve your goal um, quicker when you have clarity. So one of the reasons why people don't fulfill their potential in the body of Christ is because they don't even know what they should be doing. They don't have clarity. They're confused. There is no clear and accurate understanding of the wing of God and God's purpose for their lives. You know, if you are here today and you are under the authority of my voice and, you know, you're suffering from confusion, you, are, you feel paralyzed, you don't know what to do, you feel confused either, you know, in your career, in your academics, you don't know what to do next, that is not the wing of God for you at all. First um, Corinthians 14, 33 says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. So I pray in the name of Jesus, concerning that situation, receive clarity in the mighty name of Jesus. Every spirit of confusion operating in your life is destroyed today in the name of Jesus. Isaiah 30, 21 says that your own ears will hear him. Hearing God is your redemptive right as a Christian. Your own ears will hear him. I pray that God will speak to you in a way that you will understand this week concerning that situation in the mighty name of Jesus. Says, right behind you, you will hear a voice saying, this is the way you should go. That is your right as a child of God. The spirit of excellence helps you to understand your giftings, right? As I said, God has put deposited grace, gifts in you for the benefits of humanity and to bring you fulfillment, for you to achieve your destiny. But the spirit of excellence helps you, shows you clearly what exactly it is you should be doing. You know, you become like the sons of Issachar. First Chronicles um, 12, 32 says, you know, they understood the signs of the times and the best course for Israel to take. So you know what to do at every particular time. I pray that that will be your testimony in the mighty name of Jesus. Another characteristic of the spirit of excellence is it believes in continuous progress. It believes in continuous progress. Proverbs 4.18, Amplified. It says, but the path of the just, righteous, is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until it reaches its full strength and glory in the perfect day. In God's kingdom, nobody has arrived. No matter the level of success you have enjoyed, you can't sit down and say, yes, I've, I've, I've achieved it all. There is no such thing. There is always more for you in God. I don't care, you know, if, you know, this is April, right? End of April. You've achieved all the goals you set for yourself in the year 2023. Praise God. I thank God for you. But you can't sit and say, hey, now I can relax for the rest of the year. No, that is not the wing of God. That is not operating in the spirit of excellence. The spirit of excellence understands that there is always more. And is always investing in continuous progress. Second Corinthians 3:18, Amplified says, and we all with unveiled face, continually seen as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, have been transformed into the image from glory to glory. Right? Amplified says, from one degree of glory 
to even more glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So there's always another degree of glory. There is always another degree of glory for you as a child of God. The spirit of excellence helps us to stay committed, you know, to adding value to ourselves, to continuously make progress in every area of our lives, right? People can tell you, oh, you've really tried. You know, these things that you've achieved. Normally, it takes people two to three years to achieve this. Now that you've arrived here, you can, you can take it easy. That is the lie of the devil to prevent you from realizing the full potential of what God has given to you. Listen, in the kingdom of God, we don't compare ourselves with ourselves, right? The world is not the standard. You know, we don't say, yeah, you know, because, um, you know, I did this, I achieved this, I finished, you know, uh, I finished my degree at, at the age of 20 or whatever. Now, like, you know, I'm, I'm all that on a bag of chips. No, because we don't, like, your destiny is unique. You cannot compare yourself to anybody else. 2 Corinthians 10, 12, New Living Translation says, Oh, don't worry, we wouldn't dare say that we are as wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are. But they, only they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. How ignorant. Jesus Christ is the standard for you and I. The spirit of excellence does not settle for good when there is better. Right? Good is always the enemy of better. You achieve something, you have a, um, a, a semblance of success, and something just tells you, yeah, you can, you can take it easy now. That is the devil. Third thing the spirit of excellence, you know, enables us to do, the characteristics of the spirit of excellence, is it prepares for opportunities. It prepares for opportunities. Matthew 25, from verse 10 to 13. The TLB says... Talking about um, the story of the, um, you know, the wise um, ladies and, and the foolish ones, right? Um, it says, and while they were gone, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him. Um, can, you, can you go back to, um, start from verse 5, please. Matthew 25, verse 5. So, he said, when the bridegroom was delayed, right, they laid down to rest until midnight. And they were roused by the shout, the bridegroom is coming. So now the opportunity is here, right? What they've been waiting for, what they've been hoping for, the job they've been preparing for, the job they've been looking for, um, the business opportunity they've been yearning for, now it is here. Come out and welcome him. Verse 7. All the girls jumped up and trimmed their lamps, and the five who hadn't any oil begged the others. So they were not prepared. That's just what it means. They were not prepared for the opportunities. They wanted it, but they were not prepared for it. You know, and then they asked the girls, like the wise ones, the five wise girls, can you share with us? You know, we have failed, we've wasted the season of our preparation, and now the opportunity is here. We are not prepared. For their arms were going out. But the others replied, we, we don't have enough. Go instead to the shops and buy some for yourself. But while they were gone, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him. You are not permitted to enter into an opportunity that you are not prepared for. 
God is not going to bring an opportunity to you that you're not prepared for because he knows that you will either be overwhelmed or you will lose it. Right? You have to be prepared. So an example is, you know, your current role is not something that you really want. It's not something you really want to do. Um, you, you want to do something else. So you're applying for, you know, positions in the job market, you know, trying to get something. Now, you can't then decide that, yeah, I'm just going to be mediocre um, in this current role. I'm, I'm going to show up late. I'm going to do whatever I want. After all, I'm not trying to be the best, best I'm going anyways. I'll be gone in three months. If you bring that kind of attitude day in, day out, trust me, you will be there for three years if they don't fire you. Right? Because you're not preparing. That is never okay for a child of God. You can't say, oh, you know, where, see, where you are today is part of the preparation for your next level. So you can't say, oh, I'm just absolutely going to do the barest minimum. Or um, uh, what's it called now? Um, uh, quiet quit or whatever that thing is, right? Just do the barest minimum and, you know, your, your LinkedIn um, uh, professional headline is, you know, I cannot come and kill myself, right? <laughs> and, you know, you're just like, yeah. But what's going to happen is that the opportunity for you um, to enter into that next level is not going to come. Because for the simple reason, um, Ephesians 6, 7 to 9, you know, it says, always do what is right, and not only when others are watching. Right? It's, it's, it's tougher for, um, I use the word tougher because, you know, as children of God, you know, this, the standard is I. Right? You know, we can't do what other, other people are doing. You can't, you know, engage in, you know, Office gossips, um, you're talking to somebody, um, you're, you're, you're in a meeting and all oh, you're just chatting away in the background, right? You know, making fun, saying all sorts of things, um, you know, and someone says, oh, hey, let me call you, let me, let's chat in private. By the way, let me just tell you, there's no such thing as private on, on, on your company's laptop, right? So, whatever it is you're sending, whatever it is you're doing, do it with an attitude that somebody else will be reading it. I can tell you that for a fact, right? So, Ephesians 6, 1 to 7 to 9, it says, do the right thing, do what is right. It doesn't matter who is watching, right? So that you may please Christ as his servants by doing his will. Serve your employers all utterly with love and though you are, as though you are serving Christ and not men. So, I don't care who your employer is, right? The Bible is saying here that ultimately your employer, the person you know, that decides and makes the decision, your number one, your one and only audience should be God. And God is always watching. Even when your employer, when your manager is not there, right? You know, all the things you say behind him or her, God is listening. They are not there, right? So what should you do in your season of preparation? The spirit of excellence helps you to be passionate. You do ordinary things in an extraordinary way. You put in your best. You show up on time. You're faithful, you're committed. You deliver on time. You deliver when you say you will deliver. You're passionate about what you're doing. So let me get to you know something about promotion, right? Because in case you're wondering, because you might, you might be like, yeah, my boss doesn't even value me. These people don't deserve me. But the truth about promotion is, you know, you're saying, oh, these people don't deserve me, so why should I put in all this effort, right? Um, you should put in all this effort because promotion does not come from man. Right? Um, Psalm 75 from verse 6 to 7, it says, For promotion and power comes from nowhere on earth. Right? 
nowhere on earth, right? So if your manager is on earth, right? So promotion does not come from them. Your company is on earth. On earth. Um, yeah, I'm sure nobody works in heaven, right? So the Bible is saying here, promotion does not come. It doesn't originate. Promotion does not originate here on earth. It originates in heaven. It comes from God alone. He's the one who promotes one and deposes another. So God is watching. God is watching. And when God decides to promote you, when God decides, it's your time, it's your turn to be promoted. No devil in hell can stop it. Right? No, it doesn't matter. You might look at your current um, you know, company or your current organization or your, your current business or whatever it is you work for, um, and you're like, you know, there's no... Uh, um, there's no opportunity for upward uh, uh, movement or, 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 or whatever. But God does not need that. There was no, like, from looking at it from the outside, in the natural, there was no vacancy in the palace for Esther. Right? There was no vacancy in the palace for Esther. But when God decided it is time for us to be promoted, Vashti was sitting on the seat, but the seat had Esther's name on it. And God began to orchestrate situation. Right? Vashti began to feel more important than she is, right? Something started pushing her. And before you know it, boom, the opportunity showed up. And she seized it, and she was able to sit in her rightful place in destiny. I pray for you that that seat of promotion that belongs to you, you will sit on it in the mighty name of Jesus. Isaiah 14, verse 27 says, For the Lord of hosts are proposed, and who can anoint it? When God decides to promote you, nobody, right? David's father tried. The one Samuel came to anoint him as king. You know, he brought the eldest son. Like, yeah, this is, this is king material. <laughs> but the promotion did not fit. It was custom made. It was designed for David. The promotion coming your way is custom made. The opportunities coming your way is designed for you and you alone in the name of Jesus. It cannot fit anybody else. Nobody else is going to take that crown from you. You know, we can go on and on. Mordecai, the same thing, right? He, he, he did something. He was diligent. He was faithful to, to his master. He served as if he was serving God himself. And in the natural, it looks like you know, nobody cared, right? Nobody, you know, um, they were trying to kill the king. He reported it. Um, if he, 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 he uncovered the assassination attempt against the king. But something as significant as that, yeah, nobody even remembered he did anything. But when... God decided it was time for him to be promoted. <laughs> the Bible said that night the king could not sleep, right? You know, when God decides it is your time, it is time for you to get promoted, whoever, whatever needs to happen in the realm of the natural guarantee, it will happen. So, promotion comes from God. So when you're serving, when you're putting in your best, when you're developing yourself, have that in mind. You're not just doing it for your employer. You're doing it for God. And God rewards. God rewards. Um, um, let's look at uh, um, verse 10 of that um, 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 verse of scripture. Ephesians 6, 7 to Oh, sorry, um, let's do eight. 
So it says, you know, um, God rewards, right? Uh, the God that you're serving. Serve as if you're serving God, knowing that whatever good, whatever thing you do, you will receive this back, not from the person you did it for, but from God. So don't let people's attitude, don't let the way you're being treated. I know sometimes, you know, it's unfair, it might be tough, but don't let that prevent you from entering into your promotion because God rewards. How he does it is not for you to figure out, but just know and walk in that principle that God is going to reward you. And he will do so in the name of Jesus. Amen. So quickly, the next thing is, you know, boldness. You know, when you're operating in the spirit of excellence, you're bold, right? Operating in the spirit of excellence, you know, makes you bold. This boldness comes from having confidence in God. It's not bold face. It's not, you know, being rude. This boldness comes from believing what God says about you. You know that God, you know, has big plans for you. God has declared and has said in his word that you are God, you are his own masterpiece. So you walk around in that confidence. This is not self-reliance. This is not, you know, this is not being, being proud. This is, you know, believing what God says. And saying anything less than what God says about you is not humility. Right? It's, it's not. You know, going like, oh yeah, you know, I'm nothing. You're not nothing. That is not, that is not in accordance with the scripture. So, you're saying you don't believe God, like when you do things like that, right? So, oppressing the spirit of excellence gives us boldness. You know, we're able to, you know, be bold. The Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. You know, we are able to confront situations head on. You know that whatever comes your way, you know that you are carrying the God on the inside of you is greater than any devil out there in the world. And the final point is the spirit of excellence helps you to focus on the future. I'm going to go through this quickly. Philippians 3 from verse 12 to 15. It says, not that I have already obtained it, this goal of being Christ-like, or I've already been made perfect, but I actively press on that I may take hold of that perfection for which Christ Jesus took hold of me and made me his own. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward for what lies ahead, I press on to the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature, pursuing, pursuing spiritual perfection, sorry, should have this attitude. Which attitude? Forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward for what lies ahead. The spirit of excellence always focuses on the future. It helps us to focus on the future. Um, don't let your past define you. Like what has happened in the past is the past. Don't let the, the, the victim mentality as a result of the pain of your yesterday that you are still carrying around, let, don't let it hold you back from enjoying the fullness of what God has for you in your future. Whatever it is that has happened in the past, and that's the beautiful thing about you know, being in Christ Jesus, even if it was your own fault, all you need to do is, you know, confess, ask for forgiveness, repent, and that's it. God is not angry with you. You know, God, has great, God is not the one holding you back. So you owe it to yourself not to let that hold you back. 
Focus on the future, right? I, I, whatever it is, right? You know, you might have failed in the past. You know, you tried a business, it did not work out. The spirit of excellence is what keeps you going. You're not fixated on that past. You're not paralyzed. You're not holding yourself back. You're not saying, yeah, I've tried it before. It did not work out, so I'm not going to try again. That was in the past. Focus on Psalm 37 verse 37. It says, but for the good man, what a different story. The TLB version. It says, what a different story. What happened to you was in the past. You failed that exam. It was in the past. For you now in Christ. Bible is saying that God is telling you it is a different story. This season you are in, it is a different story. That business that failed was in the past. In this season, it is a different story. The business failed, but you did not fail. The business failed, but you are still God's masterpiece. You are too modest to fail. It is impossible for you to fail. It is a different story for you in this season that you're in. In your academics, in your business, in your career, in whatever you lay your hands on. Keep that in mind. This season is a different story. The blameless, the upright, the man of grace, he has a wonderful future ahead of him. For him, there is a happy ending. So it doesn't matter, you know, what has happened in time past. All I'm focused on, all I'm fixated on is it only ends one way. And it is a happy ending. And that will be your testimony in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Let's rise up. If you're clapping, clap for Jesus. Let's appreciate God. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. I want to give somebody an opportunity today. Uh, we, you've heard about, you know, God's plan for you, um, for the church, for his children. That plan that we talked about, the plan of God for us to be the head and not the tail, for us to be leaders and not followers, for us to always be above, for us to prosper in everything we do, for us to be a city set upon the hill. It is for God's children. So if you're here, you don't know what it means to have a relationship with God. Or you used to have a relationship with God at one time, but, you know, for whatever reason, uh, 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 you know, you went back. You know, you've not, you're not in, in, in a good relationship with God. You've gone back to your old ways. God is not angry with you. In fact, again, while you, we were yet sinners, you, you know, even me, before, before I got saved, Christ, God already demonstrated his love towards me. Jesus Christ died for me already. So God has made his move. God has made his move, but you have to be an active participant in seeing the plan and the purpose of God for your life come to pass. The plan is there. The plan is yours. He has your name written on it. Every detail of your life was carefully thought out by God. God is not trying to figure out what exactly are we going to do with James now that he's here on earth. No. He has greatness. The global destiny. So when we call ourselves you know, global leaders, it's not just something we say to make ourselves feel good. God's destiny on the inside of you. you know, the whole world is waiting for the manifestation of that glorious destiny. But you cannot unlock it without Christ. Think of it as the plan is yours, but you have to subscribe to it. You have to be intentional. You have to make a move. You have to choose to partner with God. And you're here... You did it before, you know, you've gone back, things are not working out. You can still come. God is waiting. 
God is knocking, he's waiting. You can decide to open the door today and it will come into your life and turn that situation around for good for you. So if you want to make that decision, if you're online, if you're watching online or you're here in person, all you have to do is place your hand on your chest and the simple reason is, you know, for us to be able to identify you and, you know, celebrate with you. Uh, this is not, it's not a cult, you know, when, you know, we're st- people give their life to Christ. It's not something that we do, like ice goes, nobody, you know, should see. There is a celebration in heaven for every soul, for every soul that comes back to God. There is a celebration in heaven. That is how important you are to God. So this is a very important day. Today is the day of salvation. Don't postpone it. Don't procrastinate. So put your hands on your chest and I'll say a prayer with you. You know, just one minute max and that's it. You're saved. So uh, Ignite Church, let's, you know, join our sisters and brothers uh, in saying this prayer. Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I believe you sent your son Jesus to die for my sins. And on the third day, he rose again. Come into my life. Lord Jesus, give me the grace to live a life that is pleasing to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we're afraid. Amen. Come on, let's appreciate them. Let's welcome them into the kingdom. Welcome to the family of God. If you said that prayer, text the word saved to the number on the screen. Um, you will get um, instructions for you to you know, complete a form. Um, just complete it, figure it accurately. If you're here in person, um, there are folks walking around. Just, you know, identify yourself. You know, you can go, if you go outside of the service as well, there's a, a booth there. Just, you know, let the person know you just give your life to Christ. We have some, you know, gifts for you to help you get started, right? This is a very important decision you have made. And we'll be very happy to be part of you to help you get started. So just to give you some books, some materials, that's it. Um, nothing more. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I want us to, um, you know, just pray. And, and the simple prayer is, Lord, I'm asking, oh God, give me an excellent spirit. Give me an excellent spirit. The same spirit of excellence that was in Daniel. Only spirit I'm asking Give it to me today in the name of Jesus. Let's begin to pray. Father, your word says you don't have favorites, Lord. Your grace, oh God, Heavenly Father, is available to everyone. Lord, I'm asking, oh God, that you will give me a spirit, an excellent spirit. Lord, I want to operate in the spirit of excellence. I don't want to live a life of mediocrity. I don't want the grace of God in my life to be in vain. I don't want to, you know, live below your potential, the potential that you have put in me. I don't want to frustrate and make the grace of God in my life fruitless. Holy Spirit, I'm asking today, give me an excellent spirit. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for speaking to us from your word. Father, we thank you for your plan, your plan of greatness, your plan of success, your plan to make us the head and not the tail. Lord, Father, concerning everyone present here, 
watching online and in person, Lord, we are asking, oh God, that your plan, there will be a physical manifestation of it in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, this promises, this plan will not just be something that we read, oh God. Lord, we pray that the grace, oh God, to lay hold of the promises of God, the grace, oh God, to apply the principles that will bring about the manifestation of your plan in our lives. We receive it today in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, Heavenly Father, we pray, oh God, for clarity, clarity of vision. Lord, we pray, oh God, we don't want to leave our lives guessing. We don't want to leave our lives, you know, going from pillar to post, trying out one thing or the other. Lord, we are asking, oh God, that you will give us clarity in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we pray, oh God, that you will speak to us. You will let us know, oh God, you will give us spiritual wisdom, discerning spirits, oh God, for us to know what we ought to be doing in this season of our lives, in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we pray, oh God, wherever it is, oh God, that we have been hurt in time past and we are still carrying that pain. Holy Spirit, we are asking, oh God, that you will heal us completely in the mighty name of Jesus. Whatsoever the situation might be, it might be past failures, past betrayals. Lord, we are asking, oh God, help us, Lord, to heal completely and to move forward and focus on the wonderful future that you have for us in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, you have declared this as a new season. Whatsoever has happened in time past is in the past. Lord, we pray, oh God, the old, oh God, of the past upon each and every one of us present here today or watching online is broken today in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we pray, oh God, everything that we have tried in time past, doors that did not open to us, things that did not work for us because your word says this time it's going to be a different story because we are in Christ because God is in the picture Lord Heavenly Father we pray that will be our testimonies in the mighty name of Jesus as we go whatsoever cannot stop Christ will not stop us in the name of Jesus as we go everything oh God those that we have knocked on before that did not open will begin to open in the name of Jesus Lord, every opportunity that you have lost in time past because of lack of preparation, you are the God that restores. Lord, we are asking, oh God, that today you will restore double in the name of Jesus. You will restore double to each and every one of us in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we pray, Lord, that we, we will always go from one level of glory to the other. Lord, even as we step out in this week, we will enter into a greater level of glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We give you the praise forevermore. There is none like you, blessed Redeemer. For in Jesus' mighty name, we are afraid. Come and ignite, church. Give God some praise. Hallelujah.